You are now listening to the Fight, Fights Like a Girl, Girl podcast with Big Fridge and GQ Smooth. GQ Smooth, that's GQ underscore S-M-0-O-T-H, and you are now tuned in to another episode of the Fights Like a Girl podcast. I got my host with me. What's up? This is Big Fridge. You can find me at 48 at gmail.com if you got some bullshit on your mind. You can also find me on Instagram, Facebook, with my fridge need them, or the Fights Like a Girl podcast site. See you said that. And we also got the greatest cook that the world has ever seen. We got the greatest everything that the world has ever seen. Miss Nani knows. She's a regular at this point. Oh, she's a, <laughs> and, and she's an animal at it without animalistic traits. <laughs> Tell us about yourself, sweetheart. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's me, you know, Nani knows in the building. Because uh, you know I know. And uh, I'm here to tell y'all what I know. Once again. Uh, you know what I mean? Like, she's smoother than me at this point. Like, I'm not the, it's going to be naughty smooth real quick. Like, she made GQ smooth look like motherfucking uh, crunchy peanut butter for like, real. what? You didn't. <laughs> <laughs> tell them where they can find you, though. Like, Oh, yeah. I mean, you got to watch the other podcast. <laughs> she ain't even gonna tell you. That's some smooth you shit. You ain't even gonna tell them. Nah, if you wanna find me, you gotta you gotta rewatch their podcast. Put it like that. Straight like that. Watch then, another Ray podcast, Ray. and if it ain't on that one, watch another one. Another one before. Okay. <laughs> my dog. That's my dog. Black business. That's my dog. Everybody, anybody wanna know? That's my dog. Or should I say, listen, my bad, I'm high. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and we also have. Trisha Ness in the motherfucking building once again. Y'all know her. Y'all love her. Holla at him, baby. Hello. It's Trisha. It's Trisha. And Got we are. Me at IG, Sadiddy Kitty. Sadiddy Kitty. Sadiddy Kitty. And we also got. And we also Sadiddy. got, you know what I'm saying, posting at the same time. We got the Ghostface Killer of 16. Goddamn, but say your name. Say something, baby. What up, though? I said What's then. Popping? I ain't know she was from Detroit, but that's good. Let's go then, you know what I'm saying? Oh, yeah, yeah. Bring us in, man. Okay, so therefore, we're talking about the civil rights movement right now with respect to black business, black so-called black ownership. We want to know if the civil rights movement actually held us back. So let me give you some background on the civil rights movement. And I teach in my classes. I tell the brothers all the time because we got a bad habit of talking bad about Dr. Martin Luther King in the roughneck community. We'll put it to you like that, right? So we talk about Martin Luther King basically, you know, selling us out, blah, blah, blah. Coming from the house nigga field nigga speech that uh, Malcolm X gave back in the days. So, and please research that. It's, a, it's one of the coldest speeches, if not the best speech ever performed of all time. God rest Malcolm X's holy and divine soul, right? But when we talk about things like Black Wall Street and what happened to us, uh, the Green Book, and things of that nature, right? We talk about the state of black, so-called black businesses right now. The question is, did integration 
really hold us back. So I want to bring in the 16-year-old Ghostface Killer who recently had to put down at Lyndon McKinley High School a dissertation about uh, the civil rights movement and did it hold us back. What was your view of it, sweetheart, as how you saw it? And speaking to the mic, play. I feel like segregation, like integration did hold us back. But that's only because if you look at us now, black people with businesses, if they were supported how they're supposed to be, black people would succeed either way it goes. Mm, beautifully stated. Because every time we pull up to a drive-thru in Columbus, Ohio, this is Columbus, Ohio, I speak for the rest of the nation. Columbus, Ohio, east side, north side, south side. Now, I've been gone for 25 Christmases. I come back, M&R's, which used to be a black-owned store on the east side of Columbus, Main Street. I walk in that bitch. I see my man, Peanut. Shouts out to my dude, Peanut, who I've been knowing forever, goddammit. Thanks for recognizing me, even though through the gray hair. You know what I'm saying? But I go to the window. I'm expecting to see the same black people I've already seen. I've seen a brother from Iran, Iraq, Pakistan. And, you know, he's real impersonable in this and the nature, right? So, we move up to other joints up on Cleveland Avenue. None of these joints are owned by black, black, black people. We go to the east side of Columbus. None of these joints are owned by black people. I'm talking about drive throughs where you get some of the most deplorable things like alcohol, liquor, tobacco products, things of that nature, right? So, when we go in these spots, none of them are owned in our communities by us. We sold out. It's bullshit. But at the end of the day, if you want to, one thing about me, I don't sell dope no more for one premise and one premise only. I hate that I help destroy my people. I have a great sense of guilt about that. I have a great sense of remorse about that. And so I work hard to try to atone for my transgressions of the past because when I was doing it, I knew better, but I did not have the knowledge or the wisdom to do better. So when we pull up to these spots, they act like dicks towards us. They capitalize, like when you go up there and buy a box of Black and Miles and shit, per se. They'll charge you up to six twenty-five dollars upon uh, 161 in Columbus, Ohio. Some of them will charge you for $75, but at the end of the day, they slunt us out. Or let's talk about when you use your debit card, right? Some of these motherfuckers had the nerve to tell you it's a $0.75 cent charge Lord. to use your motherfucking debit card, which is illegal, goddammit. Illegal by all standards. But we still go through that because we live in food deserts and whatnot. So the question is, did the civil rights movement really set us back or put us forward? Because keep in mind that in order to use the restroom anywhere in the United States of America, black people, so-called black people, the enslaved in America had to die to piss with white people. We ain't asking to die to have the greatest of things with white people. We had to die to piss with white people. So, did the civil rights movement set us back or push us forward? Can anybody tag in? Uh, I got another question. Come on I in. Wanted, no, come on in with I'm it. I'm holding it off because it's a different kind well, of... Well, run it then. We'll get back. Come okay. On. Um. So, my question was, like, was the income... So you know, everybody, everybody black that I know. Right. They live for income tax so <laughs> for me it's like was that creative created uh based upon uh the black man not um being financially secure or um not really uh managing their money well 
So mm. that was my question. But I'm going to go back it. to that. Let's ask Yanni no because she knows so much. <laughs> and we got two questions on the table, though. Oh, I, I think we need to take it okay, one at a time. So, yeah. yeah, for the first question, did the civil rights movement hold us back for, or help us? Um, I, in my opinion, I think that it held us, it set us back. Um, because I think it taught us to become dependent. And that is why we can't get out of our situation right now because we become so dependent on, you know, the government, the the world that we live in, that we can't create our own world now. Hmm. So, um, I definitely think that it held us back in those aspects. I mean, definitely not taking away from the principles and the lessons that, you know, and the great leaders that, you know, were had through that experience. Yeah, you know what I mean? None of that. But at the same time, I feel like, you know, if we have remained segregated, we would be stronger as a community, as a people. We have, we would have we would have kept those morals and values, you know, of supporting each other and buying from each other and for us, by us. You know what I mean? Like, that whole era. Alright, so, um... But I will say that maybe that the civil rights movement helped Maybe that the civil rights movement helped to humanize us as black people, you know, True. so they don't see True. us as such animalistic people. Right. At the same time, you know, they look like the animals spraying us with water hoses and attacking us with dogs yeah, and fire and such. So, in that aspect, I guess maybe it helped that way. I mean, but when we were getting things together, like Black Wall Street, mm. they come in and they destroy it because mm. they're jealous because they know that we can succeed if they let us. And then passed legislation that Black Wall Street could not rebuild. So, to build on the point that Nani Knows was talking about, right? Go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. You like, you got burning. Come on in, come on in, come on in. I feel like everybody's saying, like, um, we didn't need it, but come on uh, here comes the house, nigga. Uh-uh. <laughs> we no, did. No, I'm with you on this one tonight. I think we did. I think we did need it just because, like, even though we were still going to get shitted on at the end of the day, um, we still needed those certain rights to to progress within mm. society. Um, voting. Yeah. Something as simple as that. I mean, I mean, yeah, don't get me started on electoral college and everything like that, I mean, but like... Day, but like I mean, it's, said, it's a white man's world, yeah. so sometimes you have to play those white man games. Yeah, I, already, I always say uh, you either play the game or change the game. Now, we're not at the top of the totem pole, but I, for one, will say I don't want to be where uh, my forefathers were. Mm-hmm. Either. Not at all. But the problem with your generation is y'all quick to forget them. And that's what I hate about the skinny jeans era. Not to change the topic, but Boy. I really do hate the way they're like trying to erase Bill Cosby oh, and, and Michael Jackson because they are important people in our history. And I hate the way they're trying to destroy them as men. Now, I'm not saying Bill Cosby didn't do some awful things if he did those awful things. But there is evidence. What? To prove that maybe he didn't do it as extensively as he said he did. But that still doesn't discredit what he did for our people. I don't know. And then, come on. I got a bone to pick 
Bill Cosby was one of the niggas who looked down on black people with the really? sagging jeans. But and... he wanted us to lift up. So if he's saying, let's stop being niggas. Let's stop being niggas. Let's be black people. I can people. get behind that. You no, know no, what I'm no, saying? No, no, let me interject for a second, right? If you're going to talk about Bill Cosby being an awful motherfucker, even though he actually boosted where we at in Ohio, Central State University was on its way out till Bill Cosby came in, right? Let's talk about George Washington for a second. George Washington was the richest man in the United States of America, right? In his time. Why was he the richest man in the United States of America? Because it wasn't about greenbacks, which was a Lincoln, Lincolnian uh, invention, right? Let's talk about why he was rich. He was rich because him and Martha owned of over 300 Africans. George Washington was a rapist. A pedophile and a pervert who hunted one sister across the Mason-Dixon line and spent the equivalent of over $2 million to make sure she died because she escaped the plantation of Mount Vernon. Under George Watson, slavery thrived more than any other time in history. So therefore, George Washington, and as far as our community go, Bill Cosby is the same dude. But we still honor this motherfucker on the dollar bill, don't we? So now talk about that then if you want to talk about some shit. I'm not... I don't get into the argument of Bill Cosby. Cool. Well, somebody get into that motherfucker. I feel like, like Elvis um, Presley should be on that same list if we make movies by Michael. Yeah. No, thank you. And let's keep in mind, 10 years after Michael Jackson died, 10 years, they moved, why do they want to erase the memory of Michael Jackson? Number one, he surpassed every Eurocentric artist that ever came before him. That's right. right. And that's why the black dollar is so... Powerful, and that's why I brought up like the tax thing mm-hmm. because I feel like black people keep the um, economy thriving. No, like I'm the trendiest nigga uh, you ever saw. Yeah, I'm who's like, the up. Who's <laughs> the number one consumer in the United States of America? It's yeah. gotta be the, the African. And on that point, like the they, minority too, and that's that's what's no, crazy. not the minority, the black people. And we're not even really a minority if you look at the stats. But what I was about to say was, like, they know that the black dollar is is ruling everything right now. Because that's why, for real, for real, they're making all these black faces on these movies now. Mm. After Black Panther, we showed out like we did and and killed the box office. Now the Little Mermaid black. Now they're marketing to us. Because they know how powerful our dollar is. They're like, damn, we've been trying to suppress them. We should have been... Uh, you know what I mean? You can't beat them, join them. Yeah, yeah. situation. And black go, people will go broke. You feel me? Spilling, spending a dollar. You and know again, I mean? the topic of the conversation: civil rights movement, uh, integration. Right? She right. talked about the Black Panther. Right? It's integration all over again. Why would Woolworths keep pouring milkshakes on our people's heads? Let them niggas in. Let them niggas spend that dollar. Right. Because we can kick them niggas out. The laws, everything is against them we're niggas. We're going to take the money. They're going to stay poor. We're going to get rich. That's right. And we're going to act like we friends. Mm-hmm. Period. Right. Ain't you no know? two ways so about like, it. Yeah, I mean, I don't think taxes was created for black people per se. I feel oh, like no. it was more created for the the upper class so mm-hmm. that they could get more money back when because they spend it in more bigger amounts. Historically speaking... Taxes were invented to, to strengthen to strengthen a commodity that was based on stepping on the necks of the lesser fortune, and which is why Abraham Lincoln deplored slavery so much. He didn't hate slavery because he didn't he owned slaves like my main man General Grant from Ohio, who whose people owned and let's stop saying slave, 
who owned enslaved Africans because these people were not slaves. They were people. They lived inside of me and every other melaninated person who was not part of the some type of migration that wasn't slave migration, slavery and slavery related. So we got to stop calling them slaves. They were enslaved, but he hated them people because he couldn't our people because he couldn't own them at the same time. So when we go back to the point that she just talked about, right? The question is, taxes, and why were they formed? Taxes existed way before the European, it went back to the African. 1861? Yeah, all that shit, it went way before that, you know what I'm saying? Taxation without, represent without representation. representation, excuse me, we've been drinking a whole bunch of bullshit over here, so we slurring, so fuck you. Be offended, <laughs> nigga, we, we, get, we do this faded so we can get the honest to God truth, right? Taxes were way, they, they way proceed the Eurocentric concept, right? Keep in mind, during the time of so-called slavery from our ancestors, I'm talking about melanated people who live in the United States of America, we were counted not as one, two, three slaves. We were counted as three-fifths of a man or a woman. So therefore, you had a Negro on your plantation. You got three-fifths, three-fifths, three-fifths. So they counted us on their taxation rate. So this precedes the current taxation rate. I just want to just I just want to can I chime in real that. quick? Come on in there. Um, Congress, uh, Congress passed the Revenue Act of 1861, which mm. included a tax on personal income to help pay for hefty expenses of the Civil War. Yes. And do you know the Civil War was one of the greatest things that ever happened to a white person? Let me talk about white people for a minute. Because the majority of those who died in the Civil War, Mount Vernon, not Mount Vernon, but uh, 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 what's the word? In, in Pennsylvania. Whatever. Some of the greatest wars in Pennsylvania, uh, Virginia, and happened. They were majority white men by a large mark, margin. And they, they still really sulk over that because it's like, you died over niggas, but that wasn't the cause of it because Abraham Lincoln once said that in order to preserve the Union, he'll extend slavery. To preserve the Union, he'll kill slavery. It wasn't about that it was hurt because they lost their own. Taxation and taxation rates exceed the African in America by a long margin. So when we talk about taxes, it's not a legitimate argument. The same way that Black Wall Street and other things are not a legitimate argument with respect to taxation or the concept of ending us being enslaved. But that's not the original topic at hand. What we're talking about is the civil rights movement. Did it kill us? Did it set us back? We're just giving you historical references so that we can move forward. So the thing about it is this. If the Negro, the nigger, the black, whatever name they gave us through history, goddammit, they keep giving now it's African-American, goddammit, and Africa's a continent, not a country, so give us our DNA test upon the reparation. In the effect, did it kill us? Because when we look around the hood, nobody African owns anything that's being bought or sold to us commodity-wise in the fucking hood. So you telling me that the civil rights movement was a success? That's the motherfucking question. Come on with it. Uh, I um, disagree just to, or, or correct you a little bit. Well, I, would, correct I would like me. to Spin say on it. Speak that on there it. are African businesses, mm -hmm. but not Af I mean, we have African-American businesses. I don't want to say that, but, you know, they're able to get their people to rally behind each other, right. whereas we don't get our people Why to that? rally behind so much. 
Because we too much in competition with each other. You Why know, they that? come from we, a place where they together. They getting they thing. Why are they together? together? Why are yeah, they together? When you say they, that we in because competition, we're all why are we in competition? Because why? we were made to, what is it? Divide and conquer, right? They what? wanted to divide our families. Take the black man out of the homes. Because they know the black man is the head of the home and rules. You know? Well, so if you could get that, what? if you could get him out... I, I, not anything against you. I'm just saying no, no, I get you. to to get him out of the home to make us weaker. If they put our men in jail or they kill you off or whatever they decide to do with us, it makes us weaker as a people. Because the strong man always going to stand in the front and get killed first. But don't you think that uh, kind of like goes to what society is fuck right that, now? Fuck that, fuck that, fuck that. Let's talk about why you offended because we always talk <laughs> about let's offended. be offended. I'm oh no, you was offended, motherfucker. I seen your face. So when she said yeah. black men being the head of the household, your ass had a problem with that shit. I don't know. Why? I don't why know. Why the, when was the we, look we then? Already touched on this one, well, let's get to but, this thing right here. Then let's well, here's the next question. Oh, fuck that. We don't give a fuck. We don't care. Everybody else give a fuck. 48 at the short gmail.com if you got a problem. Let's talk about that. Why do they hunt black men particularly? Because this is shit didn't just start. Well, here's Hold up. You don't see... A, nah, fuck that. You don't have a lot of black women laying on the side of the road dead from bullets from white police officers. You got some who done been beat down. You got my girl who got killed down in Texas in the jail cell. All she did was smoke a cigarette, drive up the motherfucking street. So true indeed. It happens to both of us. But for some reason... Black men stay getting slumped by the motherfucking pigs. Now, go Fear. ahead. Yeah, so the whole thing about it is, so, why? Where does it start? So here's Black the inferiority. Fear. When them motherfuckers washed up on the shit. When them motherfuckers no, washed up on the motherfucking shore. Of, well, come on in. It's talk about, about it. fear. But wait. Before they fear, we, y'all. You but know what wait, I'm let's they not. about to go head to head because they're not even going to lose. So instead, yeah. they're just going to take you, you gotta, out. I would say, look at the body structure of a black, average black man and a white man. Let's talk about that. When they got us from Africa, what did they want? They wanted the strongest, the the best, the tallest, you know, with the best they could get. So then they bred us. The word is chattel, go ahead. Or whatever Which you means want to cattle. say. Go ahead. They want to breed us. And then they like, oh, you want to raise up? You know, it's it like you said, it is fear. But they created that. You you hate what you create. Right. Yeah. Well, at like the end of <laughs> yeah, but at the end of the day, it goes back to Alexander the Great. All them. When the European came out of Europe, they had one question, one question only: Where the fuck do we come from? Right. And when they found out that the story starts at a nigger, they had a problem. Elijah Muhammad, excuse me, the Honorable Elijah Muhammad told them in 1930, right, that you come from black men, right, and the cavemen. Were, were a myth, or not a myth, but they existed, but they come from black men. And what the Eurocentric science says, don't fuck with me. Look at your history. You got computers, look at it. They found out, oh, we do come from niggas. That was 1930. Now what do DNA say? The cradle of civilization is Africa, blah, blah, blah. And now I was watching a motherfucking documentary from NASA. And what did they say? When they landed the Mars rover on Mars, and then they landed a motherfucking satellite on Jupiter, they had the nerve to say that they left Africa, went into Europe, and that European said, look at the motherfucking shit for, for yourself. I watched him in the fair joint. He said it. He said, those are our ancestors. 
Those are not our ancestors, meaning Africans. He pointed to the screen, and I guess they corrected his motherfucking ass, but they let that shit slip through. So at the end of the day, this fear that they keep talking about, what the fuck is it? Because let me say this. You can go to the Cotton Club in 1920 if you was black or African or more or whatever the fuck you want to call yourself, right? But that same white person could take his ass to the juke joint and have a damn good time. He could take his ass into Harlem where the niggas were and fuck all the sisters and have these mulatto babies and have a great motherfucking time. At the end of the day, when Def Jam first started, we didn't tell the Beastie Boys, don't drop that album. We said at the inception of hip-hop, Beastie Boys... Drop that shit. And Heisens to Kill is still one of the greatest motherfucking albums that ever lived. So racism is not our problem. So when I hear a motherfucking black person talk about racism being our problem, that ain't our motherfucking problem. Motherfucker, that's your white problem. So that ain't our problem. Do you think our problem do you think our problem is too much acceptance? Our problem too is much wanting is. to be accepted. And can I can I can I substantiate that? Substantiate yeah, that. Yeah, we right? trying to Go fix. Ahead. We're trying to fit into a world that's not built for us. Right. And we constantly, like, in a in a race, like, and we're disabled. It's like, like, we don't have no legs in this race. You know what I'm saying? Mm. And we just, like, trying to hobble and crawl to the finish line. But it's like, it don't make sense when we can just go, you know what I'm saying, and get a wheelchair or get us some prosthetics, you know what I'm saying, and, <laughs> and, and build our own shit. Yeah. Over, you we know probably what I mean? invented that shit anyway. That's right. You know what I'm saying? So, so like, instead of just keep on giving credit and, and giving our power to, like, other people, mm-hmm. you know, we can be harnessing that for ourselves. I just posted a post the other day where um, this white guy... He was like the CEO of a company. He was explaining. He was like, yeah, I keep all black women on my staff because they get shit done, basically. Mm-hmm. He was like, and they and I give them the higher ranks. like, And they personally work under me because I know that they going to make sure that everything's good. He was like, yeah, I hire white women to be like secretaries or like runners or something like that. But I leave like the heavy work to black women. And I'm just like, damn, if they, like, this is why they know, they know this. We don't know this. You know what I mean? Like, that's why things are the way they are. And coming out of slavery, keep in mind that when it came time to feed the white baby, it wasn't Miss Sally who gave her breast up. It was Janiqua who gave her breast up to feed the white boy or the white girl. You know what I'm saying? So that's right. It's the same shit. And at the end of the day, the civil rights movement actually set us back because, like I said, it wasn't just Black Wall Street. You had Haytai in North Carolina. Please look up the story of Haytai on whatever, Haytai.com, North Carolina. Look up that story. Black Wall Street out of Oklahoma. Look that shit up right there. But in Ohio, Miami, Ohio, you have multiple burnings of black civilizations coming from the Great Migrations that they don't talk about, right? We were putting on a good foot in my own city, Mount Vernon. Uh, what they call it, Bronzeville was jumping. My grandfather's a product of Bronzeville, which is why everybody here is sitting here today. He's from Baltimore, Maryland, where Harry Tubman's from, God rest the holy mother, you know what I'm saying? But at the same time, he came from Baltimore during the time of uh, the Nazi occupation to defend Nazi people, came home and was charged double the rent by white men than he was by anybody else because he was a black man. So he came here in Columbus, Ohio, and he settled, right? He wasn't burnt out, but Mount Vernon was still popping. Bronzeville was still popping. What the fuck did they do to Bronzeville, Mount Vernon? They ran a fucking freeway through that bitch to destroy that motherfucker. Now, keep in mind, they did the same motherfucking shit to, uh, what's that spot over there? 
where all the white people were, the German, German village. They did the same thing to German village after German village died. But motherfucking Mount Vernon was still thriving. They ran a motherfucking freeway through the system through that joint to cut us off from downtown services so we could no longer thrive. And that's a fact. We ain't talking about no conspiracy theory shit. The freeway system destroyed us. Because keep in mind, while your ass is sitting around loving your motherfucking SUV, your motherfucking drop top, whatever the fuck you rolling in, keep in mind, when you came from motherfucking Mississippi, Georgia, North Carolina, anywhere in the motherfucking South, your, can't, your ass came by buggy, your ass came by mule if your master gave you a motherfucking mule or by foot, goddammit, which is why so many people stopped in Chicago and, you know, couldn't make it no motherfucking further. That's why our population swelled in the Midwest like it did. So take, don't take for granted the past at the end of the day. So did the civil rights movement hold us, hold us back? The truth is yes, because it taught us to fight to be a part of our oppressors' businesses. Now... African businesses starving right now during the course of the new civil rights era, which is gentrification and regentrification. Mm -hmm. Keep in mind, I'm from Short North, 4th Street, 8th Ave. Look me up. Just type in Fridge, Short North. My whole case will pop up. My life ain't no motherfucking secret, right? But at the end of the motherfucking day is regentrification and gentrification. They moving the black, the blacks out. They moving the whites in. Well, why? And I'm gonna tell you why to fuel a global global economy. Okay, we've been drinking some. Don't don't pay attention to my slurred words. But the civil rights movement was the start of all this shit. If the civil rights movement never had happened, then we would have to continue to rely on the green book. And what would it do? It would build us up. When you look at the Jews, the word ghetto is a Jewish term. They've been kicked out of over forty countries because of whatever the fuck they did. They call them Christians or whatever the fuck it is, right? But they did not go outside to build themselves up. They used the motherfucking Quran, uh, not the Quran. What's the other shit? The Torah, the the the, the uh, uh, Babylonian uh, book or whatever the fuck, and they built themselves up from within. But they didn't have no interrupters bothering them. Sometimes struggle is good, man. And sometimes you got to fight the motherfucking fight to get where the fuck you need to be. You might not see it in your time, like Moses said. You might not get to the promised land. But struggle ain't a bad thing. So somebody take this motherfucking mic over because I'm drinking this shit, nigga. Somebody say something. <laughs> God damn. Hey. Um, we thought it was lecture time. What I, I get what you're saying, but I feel like it, it, it was still something that was needed. Just for the progression of our people mm. in certain aspects. Maybe not in its totality, but I feel like we still kind of benefited from it in a lot of ways. Yeah, hell yeah. It brought light to a lot of situations that were, were going on in the dark. Mm. You know what I mean? It brought, it like, to this day, we don't have the number of leadership that we had back then. Mm. You know what I'm saying? So if it, that never, if the civil rights movement never happened, we wouldn't even have examples of Still how to, you know what I'm saying? And, yeah, you, you know, know what I mean? mean? Like, and we wouldn't have examples of leaders and, and what we should <clears> aspire <throat> to be as leaders in such a movement. You know, so like, it was definitely purposeful in what it was. I think, like, everything happens for a reason. You know what I'm saying? You got to go so far so that you can look back and assess. You know what I mean? And then everything comes full circle, man. Like, so... I feel like we didn't use it to our full advantage. True. But I feel like it was it was definitely necessary, but I feel like we could have done more. And I don't know if that was, like... <coughs> My bad. I don't know if, it, if that was, like like, the... Like a fear kind of aspect, mm. or if it's because it's like 
still new do you and think we the, the bystander let us go so far the government only let us go so Woo! far Yo. i get you on that but i will say also, uh, hold on, hold on. Hold on. let me let me say this because i wasn't done before she wasn't and this is only going to take two seconds. I think um, something in sociology is called the bystander effect. So basically mm. what that is, people wait around and sit around for somebody else to take action uh, before they do. Or they're um, putting all their eggs in one basket so they don't have to in a sense. Right. So I feel like... Yeah, uh, and then it's like... Um, we, once again, we're still having the same problem today. Like... Back then, they didn't have enough resources to sustain boycotting. They didn't have enough resources to, like, really go to war with people who had all the resources. You can't go to a gunfight with knives. You know what mm. I'm saying? Like, and that's exactly what was happening. So, yeah, we it brought light to a situation, but we weren't fully equipped. And we're still not. We're still mm. not in a position to go to war, to quit our jobs, to make big moves because we're still at the the, the, the mercy of what they decide to do at the end of the day. And as in general, Americans get so uh, comfortable with being comfortable. comfortable. Right. Yes. Because how many of us are willing to live 10 deep like Mexicans just so we can, you know what I'm saying, Get businesses and, and start business. Change. And we would save a lot of money because a lot of those other cultures, that is what they exactly. do. Exactly. Right? All about that African susu. We was talking about that earlier. I think that is one of the most beautifulest things. Yeah. Like, everybody put this money into the pot. It's your turn to put it we in. We can live in mansions in right now. That's what they do. That's we can be buying neighborhoods. Have you seen those weddings? Hold on, hold on, hold on. Y'all talking this shit, but my question is who do we exploit? Because we the ones being exploited. Because we still, me and Trisha I pulled think, up to the motherfucking, what's the name, and bought five, a five out box of Black and Miles today. I think for it's For my dumb ass. So who do we exploit? Everybody wants to talk about the nucleus of the family well, that's dying. Alternative. I'm just like, saying. I would say this. When we do go to these corner stores and stuff, just think about it. Every time you go, sometimes, depending on where you go, I don't want to say all as a whole, but there's been places I go where one day they're going to charge me $1.50 for the blunt. The next day they're going to charge me $1.30. Mm. So, like, let's get this together. Which price is it? You know what I mean? So, if you think about it, if everybody who don't pay attention to what they're buying go into the store and do charge you a quarter more and you done had how many people come through this store and you pocketing an extra quarter every day, like, that's tax-free money. I think, it, like I was saying, it goes back. You said, where does it start? I think it goes back to the nucleus core of the family, which um, you wanted to talk about. Like, you know what I mean? Your family not doing it. I think it starts with you. Like, you know what I mean? Like, why are, okay, why is our family not living together? Because we want to flex on each other? Are you a sociologist or what? Yeah, you know I am. All right, that then. was so my as first a, degree. So, at, now, now I might not have a degree from motherfucking college and some shit like that, but my shit come from Fourth Navy and the Penitentiary. As a, as a, as a, you know, I ain't going to go with sociology, but as somebody who studies sociology, you, you should know that it goes back to the slave shit. But black That's people, the origins of it. Black people are raised to get up. Black people are raised to get up and get out and get it. So, what? you know, we more often kick our kids out instead of letting them stay. No, you kick the longer. black girls out. No, Some, you kick black, them brothers out too. No, the fuck you don't. Coming from slavery, 
You, the boys are coddled and the girls are much stronger than dudes yeah. right now. I'm dealing with that shit yes, right sir. now in the house because when you when it come to Massa, Massa want that pussy. You understand what I'm saying? He don't care nothing about the well. He do care about that dick because he's a perverted motherfucker. But at the end of the day, he want to exploit the system. Hold on, no, no, no. We going back. We got to go back in order to go forward. So when we're talking about sisters, right, and, and the strength between black men. And white women, excuse me, black men and black women, we've been drinking, excuses. Understand this. At the end of the motherfucking day, it was always the black man who was hunted. They didn't take a sister and pull her apart by horses. They put the strongest, biggest black buck, meaning male or man, because we were chattel, we weren't human, and they ripped his ass apart. They tore the feather, the brother more likely than the sister. Because he was the biggest and the strongest or the best in the field. And that goes back, and that, that leads all the way up to uh, what they call it, something stories and the shit. Black, the black uh, yeah, ain't no doubt, you know what I'm saying? Hold up, it answered no, answer the questions. Right. The re, no, it's the sisters right now in the South Front. Like Nani said earlier, they willing to get a sister the shot, right? Why not the black man? Because, I, let me answer this, because she's a, hold up, GQ Smooth, you know what I'm saying? It's a what? What do you, what do you identify as? Let's be specific. What? All right, well, GQ well, smooth <laughs> like girls, goddammit. You know what I'm saying? So she called herself a stud, nigga. So basically, you want us, but you don't suffer the same shit, the, the same atrocities that we suffer, goddammit. I went to the penitentiary for 25 years. I was a dickhole, but I was going regardless because I ain't I was from where I was from because justification was coming to me. Your ass had a better shot. But goddamn, if you was born with a dick and testosterone, it'd be a different animal, and you can't speak on what you don't know. All right, all like right. I can't speak I'm, on having a period because I don't know what the fuck that is. Hey, hold up, this shut is the up. Thing you got the credentials, you got the credentials. Okay, if then. you had the same credentials as me, you then, would get hired first. I would what? must, I would be much greater suited in the world right now. But why do they want you? As opposed, why do they want you as opposed to the white one, the black woman? The reason why is because that black dick is what they scared of. When they pulled up on the west coast of Africa, they seen that black dick under that loincloth, and they had a problem with that motherfucker ever since then. Goddammit, I said it. Forty eight to short at Gmail. Got to fuck you, nigga. I said it, right? And it's the truth. Now, but hold up, and let's go to the eighth. Hold up, let's go to fifteen fifty five and up, right? The sisters had to hold on to her black male child, African male child, Negro male, whatever the fuck they was calling it at the time, because they was quick to sell us up the street because we were part of the studying process, number one. Number two, we were the example that they hated the most. And that's why sisters coddle the black boy and make him into a bitch. But look at we young black women. They doing their goddamn thing. But we all know that civilization lies, and you might hate it, it lies within the black male. It's Let me DNA. Ask you this, Claire. I feel, I feel, like, I feel like a lot of people want to just. Uh, uh, no, I don't even know how to put this. Like a lot of people. No, just no, don't wanna, try to miss uh, your words. Say what the fuck you got to say. Of, but wait, wait, wait. Let me ask you this. Because it was just you and your brother. Do you think that y'all were raised? Do you think you were treated differently? Do you uh -oh. think you're not? Yeah, I always say uh -oh. yes, 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 because, yes. Why? Because I, you know, I was treated. My mom treated my brother like. A favorite, and my dad treated me like a favorite. Right. Why? And I would say that. Um, I ask her all the time. Like, I, I can give you examples. My brother, when he was 15, got, or 15 and a half, got to get his license and everything. My mom would not touch it. She was like, uh, nah, 
Like, you know what I mean? Nah, nah, I'm not doing it. I'm not doing your brother wrecked cars. I'm like, me and my brother different. Like, you know what I mean? So, uh, if, it was, if, it, if it was up to my dad, he would have did it, but yeah. he didn't do it. But um, at the same time, I, I had to go out on my own and get my stuff. Mm-hmm. I got my license. My brother got him when oh, he was really? 16. Mm-hmm. I got mine when I was 19. Mm-hmm. And without my mom's help, I had to rent a car. I had to find All right, And without your help, I wouldn't have my license right now. So, shouts out to GQ <laughs> Smooth. <laughs> 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 But I'm just saying, I think... But she uh, asked you a fucked up question. What's up? Motherfucker. Ask her. She was raised in the house where she had two male brothers. You know what I'm saying? Did it happen to her the same way? Um, I, I would like to say... I would like to say... It was equal, though. It was two and two. Um, no, it wasn't. It's, 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 it was. It was two and two. It was two and two. Um, I, I would like to say... As, <laughs> I like, you know, I would like to say my dad is something of a dying breed. You know what I'm saying? He's what I like to call a real man. Yeah. And what I would like to define myself, I don't know anyone else who's as a real man is a man that leads his family, a man who makes sure that he can financially provide. If not financially, then you going to take care of your kids and your house in other ways. You pick up the slack in other ways. And a man that knows how to fix things. If he don't know how to fix it, goddamn it, he going to figure out how to fix it or know who the fuck can teach him how to fix it. Right. You know what I'm saying? And, and that's what I say is like to uh, a certain extent. I feel like a lot of brothers and a lot of sisters are um, just leaning on the shoulder of, oh, this they, they just want to do this to the black man. Like, no, nigga, get up and get it. Y'all lazy to a certain extent. Y'all, y'all, y'all leaning on that aspect to a certain extent to coddle you in a certain extent. Like you keyword coddle. I'm just saying. Like y'all y'all niggas y'all it's it's like it's in my generation I feel like it's become an excuse mm. to not do more, to Woo! not do better. Yeah. So nasty. Yeah. I feel like it has to I mean I mean like I, I just feel like everybody makes their decisions, right? Mm. Like so easily said Come your on. brother has made a decision to live his life a certain way, knowing damn well that that's not how he was raised and that is not what his parents intended for him. So people sometimes search out the life that they want to to live. I mean, look at the little dude. What's his name? Takashi, the little rapper. You know, little like rap he probably trying to figure out like how he got in this situation. You know what I'm saying? It was all good just a week ago. About a week ago, we get up. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> now, um, he get out of jail in four weeks too. I wonder how. As a motherfucker who went through federal trial, I tell you how the bitches are rat. But let hey, me explain this. No, no, not just that, but it's see, and I thank y'all for making my point for me. The underlying effect is this, right? I, everybody, well, a lot of people love me because I stood up under the pressure, and I did. Like, when niggas tell, and they come home, and everybody embrace them, and you did what you had to do, and all that bitch that said, there's somebody behind them who got to really bear the brunt of their motherfucking irresponsibilities, right? But the truth of the matter is, too many times you ask 19, 18-year-olds to make decisions that they're not aware of. When I went down, I was 19 years old. 19. 
And people say, well, you got an old soul. And I, I don't know if it's true or not, right? But I had, I was around a lot of older people. I soaked up a lot of older wisdoms, right? And that being said, even then, I had no idea what I was up against. When the United States government recruits a man or a woman, they don't want you in your 23s, 25s. They want you at 18 because you're still malleable. You can still be shaped, okay? You're not well-informed at that particular time. So, therefore, I feel somewhat bad for this dude, Takashi, because he was misinformed. But his core is a bitch motherfucker because I'm the motherfucker who came. I was locked up already in 1994. When I walked through the gates in 1995, eight months before I got out, I seen my nigga Ed Gibbs. Shout out to Ed Gibbs, short North finest. He looked at me and said, what you going to do? I said, nigga, I'm going to trial. Nigga, I'm going with you. And the goddamn it, we went to the box together. Ain't telling no motherfucking body. That separates the weak from the shaft at the core, right? You are what you are. But a lot of dudes would fight the system if they knew and were more well-informed. If you fight the whole United States government, you are ill-equipped to do so. They got all resources behind you. My brother and my mentor, Guy Fisher, hired the counselor. And anybody who hired the counselor back in the days knows good goddamn well the counselor was strong. That the United States government told him he can't hire the counselor because the counselor is killing him. They made him fire him because he couldn't prove where his finances came from. So, all that being said, when we talk about knowledge and information, that's a different situation. And we're going to get into that right now. But did the civil rights uh, movement hold us back or set us forth? I say it held us back. And it's like a general consensus. In the long run. In the long run. Well, speak on it. Yeah, in the long run, it held us back, but it has some good points to it. You know what I mean? Well, speak it, on need, those. it needed to happen, but it also, you know, I feel like we could have fought for our rights without including segregation. Mm. Desegregation. You know mm -hmm. what I'm saying? Like, we could have fought for all the same rights without wanting to be included in a world that we really don't belong. Mm. You know, so. We could have kept our own world and at the same time fought for our rights to have our own world. You know what I mean? Like, you know. Yeah. And in conclusion, I would like to say that shouts out to Dr. Martin Luther King. We come down on him hard. Malcolm X. Oh, ain't no doubt. We come down on Dr. I'm speaking on Dr. Martin Luther King in particular because Dr. Martin Luther Malcolm X showed us how to do us in the North. Could he have been that strong in the South? I'm sure he could, but he probably would have died earlier. But, earlier. Oh, much earlier. But, Dr. Martin Luther King was hunted from 1919 from a government program that sought him out through his DNA, basically. They followed his uh, paternal grandmother, if my sources are right, correct me, 48detroitgmail.com, hunted him out all the way till he was an adult because they knew that his grandfather and great-grandfather were going to be great men, right? Dr. Martin Luther King, as pointed out to me by a brother out of Washington, D.C., because I was talking bad about Martin Luther King on the yard in Lee County, Virginia, around 2000, I'm going to say 10 or whatever, right? I was talking shit about him, you know what I'm saying? Coming up out of a meeting and whatnot. He said, brother, you should not shit on Dr. Martin Luther King because at the end of the day, he taught brothers and sisters out of the South how not to be afraid. And until you've seen strange fruit, until you've seen lynching, until you've seen some, a black woman get raped in front of her whole family. Until you've seen a young black boy being molested or a young black girl being raped. Or until you've seen a sister have her child ripped from her womb and sold to master down the street. You don't understand the South and what it really represents. So, at the end of the day, Dr. Martin Luther King, yeah, he might have set us back, but he also pushed us forward, in my opinion. At the same time, give a brother a break. Just take that into consideration. 
Hey, and this has been another episode of the Fights Like a Girl podcast. I am GQ Smooth. That's GQ underscore S-M-0-O-T-H. Uh, you gonna go, my night? Oh, yeah, oh, this is a big fridge of the joint, you know what I'm saying? Find me at Fights Like a Girl Podcast, you know what I'm saying? And whatever the goddamn website is, or Lamont Needham, Fridge Needham on Instagram, Facebook, or 48 to short at gmail.com if you got gripes. But you should have gripes and complaints. Holla as we'll address this real soon. And of course, we got the greatest cook, the greatest henna provider, the greatest <laughs> spiritual guy I've ever seen. <laughs> and one of the most beautiful women I've ever seen in my life. Nani motherfucking I'm nose I'm in this bitch. Holla at us. <laughs> Okay, you know, it's your girl, Nani Knows, because I be knowing. And, um, yeah, that was a good uh, podcast right there. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, you know, I'm going to do what I said before. I'm going to give y'all one hint. Y'all can find me on uh, Instagram at Nani Knows underscore. If you want the exclusive information, you got to tune into the other podcast and find it. And, we'll see ya. And, all now, and, of course, we got Trisha. You know what I'm saying? At Sadiddy Tick Kitty at on Instagram. Sadiddy <laughs> Titty. Hold up. Goddamn Hennessy and shit. God damn it. You know what I'm saying? Sadiddy Kitty on Instagram. And we got the ghost face 16 year old. Where can we find you at, baby? Don't give out her information. Yeah, she's a juvenile. Don't matter. We're going to holler at you. Peace to the God. We out, bro.